Is that how that works? That's how it works. All right. So I think your microphone is there. Hello. Bring it up a little closer. He's a he's a grower. He is a grower. Uh, you are. He's a grower. He's a shower. Oh. He's a new leaf blower. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, we're gonna ride with it. You don't know that melody? No. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight toker. What the fuck? Damn, damn right. it's so that's classic. enough of that. It's a classic song. It's a classic song. Sure. Speaking of classics, classics, classic monster, classic monster. Classic, and you know the classicest of the monsters. I was gonna say it does not get more classic than Godzilla. Than Godzilla. Uh, what are we here to talk about, friend? We are here to talk about my new favorite ever convention in naming prequels and remakes: Godzilla minus one. I want so many more movies to adopt that way of naming the number it is in the series. I mean, I guess. I think it's lovely. Do you know what the name stands for? No. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that later. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the new Godzilla movie, which is... Um, a joy. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so this is a, a brand new Toho-produced movie. Uh, it does not like have anything to do with uh, the King Monster legendary Paris. yeah the legendary movies which is fine it's fine it's it, very uh, fine actually we, we will discuss about the idea of like you can have your thought-provoking godzilla movies yeah and then you can have your big dumb monkey your movie. big your big lizard monkey smash face hell yeah dude yeah. um so this this new godzilla movie it's uh kind of like in the vein of the original that takes place right after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw Shin Godzilla, which was Neither the one that I. came out in 2016. And I didn't realize it was that long ago that that came out. I remember hearing a lot about it, um, but I never really, I never really cared to see it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did hear from a lot of people that it was good and that like people really liked it, but I never. Never really wanted to see it, so I don't know if it also takes place like right after the war, yeah, or if this is a more if it's a more modern. So I'm trying to figure out like kind of what like what that is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the fact that this movie is a throwback to like this is this is your atomic bomb like allegory yeah uh like yeah you can say that like the new godzilla movie still has that like but it's not as present in our world so like it's also not what that movie is going for right like those movies are all it's not that's not the 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 point i would i took this less of an atomic bomb allegory and more as an allegory of like violence and destruction okay but like, the atomic bomb is certainly more present. However, like, I don't think the other Godzilla movies by Legendary are really interested in the concept of allegory at all. No, those which are... Is not a knock, which is not a knock against them. Yeah, they're they're very much like your... This is, like, we're, we're having fun. Yes. And that's that's fine. Yes. Um, King Kong is a Godzilla-charged battle axe. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so this movie takes place right after the war. Uh, Japan is... At zero, their lowest point. Mm-hmm. 
And then here comes this giant fucking lizard and oh, brings them down the peg to minus, minus one. one. Wow, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and that's 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 our synapse, our like basic synopsis. Synapsis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why am I why am I feeling like that doesn't sound right? Because you're adopting a Bostonian accent. Synopsis. Sure. Uh, man, that that Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> fucked me up. Yep. Um, this is. Probably, as far as like all the Japanese guys of the movies I've seen, which, if I'm being honest, is probably too many, because uh, that that was all playing down in Mexico all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like you could not go anywhere without seeing about Godzilla, the Godzilla movies. Yeah, and I always thought they were campy and they were cheesy and they were fun. Like when you had, there's that famous uh, uh, gif of Godzilla like riding on his tail. Riding on his tail. Yeah. And I remember, like, those movies were so much fucking fun. Right. But I never really understood, like, the seriousness of, like, what Godzilla actually was. Because I was a fucking kid. I was happy to see asshole Godzilla again. Yeah? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love love having Godzilla be a good guy. I love rooting for Godzilla. Exactly. And, like, there were times in this movie where I'm like, yeah, Godzilla, fuck shit up. Yeah. But... This is a movie where you're watching Godzilla legitimately destroy people's lives. He is the antagonist. He is the asshole. He yeah. is he is not a good guy. He is not like a force of balance like he is in nope. in like the newer interpretations, yeah. right? Um he is here to bring these people down a peg. Yeah. Um and I do like that the movie kind of addresses that in that way where like they so the, the movie, what I like about it is it it does have like a military perspective because mm-hmm. our main character is, you know, he's a kamikaze, kamikaze fighter, player. right? Yeah. Um, and and so you are going to have part of it that is, you know, probably for them, it's kind of like, fuck yeah, Japan, right? Right. But at the same time, the movie does not shy away from the fact that like the government fucked up. kind of fucked up. The government failed them. And now the people are, like, the, your common man is, you know, left to fend for themselves. Which is fascinating for me watching this as an American because, like, when you think about all the education, at least I got about World War II, mm-hmm. like, the whole idea was, like, the Japanese are a very collectivist society. Like, they would they were prepared to, like fight to the death to the last man right like we had to drop the bomb because otherwise the war would go on like 10 more years and like they would like fight us from their houses and stuff and that's not like that's not the story the movie like the movie tells like yes like our um i want to pronounce the name right shikishima right i mean uh koichi koichi um, like, yes, he gets shamed for not, like, going through his, like, kamikaze attack, but, like... At the same time, dude! Yeah, but there's plenty of people who are, like, yeah, fuck the government, like, one of my favorite lines in this movie, um, like, you should count yourself lucky that you never had to, like... I for, I'm pushing... Oh, yeah, the guy's, like, uh, like, you shouldn't be proud of not... Or you, you should be proud of You should be proud of, of never going to... You should yeah. be proud of never going to war, right? Which is, like, it just shows the importance of having multiple voices telling stories, because... That is not what you were taught in, like, American schools about Japan, right? It reminds me right. of that joke from Chris Rock, 
where he's like, I ain't never been to jail. He's like, but you want a cookie? <laughs> like, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to go to war. You're not supposed to go out and kill yeah. other people for shits and giggles. Like, it's not something to be proud of. Correct. It's, I don't want to even say it's a necessary thing. I mean, to a certain extent, I guess it is. But it shouldn't be something that you're actively seeking, which that character kind of feels like he is. We just had, I mean, Veterans Day was a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? We had a big Veterans Day presentation at my school. It was very nice, right? Uh, but it was like very rah-rah veterans, right? Rah. And I was like, I kind of like... Rah. rah. I was like, I kind of like how this movie is taking a big old shit on Veterans Day. It's not, it's not that like... It's not that I want to like actively dishonor the veterans, but I feel that like all too often like we just like neglect to realize that like war sucks and like is awful um and like because we see things through a very american lens like mm. you know we're we're willing to like pigeonhole people into stereotypes um and i i love how unapologetic this movie was about like Fuck the government, right? Like, you know, fuck the war, right? We're going to be civilians. And, and even and, even one of the characters yeah. that gives uh, gives Koichi a lot of shit later in the movie, like very early on, Tachiban is the guy. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a mechanic. Um, he does tell him, he's like, you shouldn't just like have to follow these bullshit orders. A lot yeah. Of the time. Uh, which is kind of a theme yeah. in the movie, right? Spoiler alert, uh, he gives him the ejector seat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, let's let's get into like the, the just basic uh, things. I do think this is probably the scariest Godzilla we've had in a very long time. He's so gangly at the beginning; it's terrifying. At, in that first scene, I remember watching it. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, he's tiny!" And I hadn't really seen trailers for this movie, so I was like, "Okay, I'm kind of like kind of down to have a small know, Godzilla. a T Rex sized Godzilla." Yeah, and then that's not what happens, which is fine. Yeah, like, well, I, I had seen trailers, so I was like, oh, he's going to get big. How are he going to get big? Yeah, but it was um, cool to see how, like, he was all contorted and... Yeah, like, and, and that like old, a monster. Yeah, I, I really like that opening scene. Um, I think as far as, like, the human dynamic, which, you know, we've talked about how in these monster movies you have to have... Humans. Humans, right? People are overall very dumb. Yeah. And if they don't see a human... In the screen, hard to empathize. It's hard for them to empathize. They're they're just right. not not very good at that. And so you have to. But I think this movie does like the human element very well. It's getting universally praised for that. It it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're saying anything no one else has said. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this movie does a good job at balancing like the characters and like the excitement too. Yes. Like it's not just like a human drama with right. monster stuff. There's some solid. There's some solid monster stuff. Exactly, and and I think the I really like the dynamic between the main character and yeah. his quote unquote like pseudo love interest, yeah. pseudo roommate, co-parenting. Yeah, uh, which I thought was <laughs> was a a weird dynamic, but I was like, I mean, what else are you supposed to do when your village exploded? Love perseveres. This movie does Thor: Love and Thunder better than Thor: Love and Thunder, and it it also does like the whole like human spirit like yeah. will to fight yeah very well uh very well very well um i do like that uh the the main female like love interest uh name is noriko mm-hmm. uh, i like that she's not like they don't paint her as like the nagging bitch wife no she's kind of silly 
like at the beginning when you're first introduced to her, she's very goofy, but yeah, she just drops fun. a baby and goes, she <laughs> drops a baby on him. Um, I do like all the side characters as well. I know that Japanese acting can be very like off putting to a lot of people because they're very like, yeah, I'm still not used to like and someone who pretty much exclusively watches Western yeah. media because Thanos not a real ally yet. There you go, we'll get him there. Um, like there were definitely many moments where I was like, ah, this is very, this is very it, Japanese. Where it feels very like yeah. overacted, like yeah. overly emotional, yeah. uh, very dramatic. And that's, I mean, that's all part of the culture, part of the, like the art style. Would you say there's more exposition through dialogue in some Japanese media? Or would you say that was just a product of like, this movie had a $15 million budget. Like there's some scenes that they're just going to like explain. Yeah. I think yeah. that honestly it's that. And we'll, Oh, I have, I have so many words yeah. to say about the budget on this. So let's get into it. Um, I like this a lot. I suggest if you like any Godzilla and monster stuff, this is like a great introduction to like monster verse stuff. I would love to teach them novel Frankenstein. And then I would love to like show a class this movie. Cause I think this has, this plays with the monster trope like very well. Like you could pair this with a lot of like it's interesting. The um in one of the podcasts I'm listening to is talking about like dragons in the Bible and like that theme. And like, dragons in the Bible? It's well, yes, but it's a you gotta know the Hebrew, you gotta know the Greek. Anyway. Um but like but, but I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I'm like, oh this like fucking fits really well with that. Like this, like this movie, like is well let me back up i know we said we can have our cake and eat it too or we can have our like you know this godzilla and then we can also have like our long stick godzilla. Long stick. i think this is where if there's an argument for that like some art is classic and some art is really good but it's not classic uh and there's a difference between the two i would say like this movie is evidence for that where i love my godzilla versus king kong i'm like damn this movie made me think like on the way home. And There's now, a lot of it yeah. in this movie that just like the more you think about it, the more you're like, man, this is like a, a it's a really well thought out movie. Yeah. And then it's also a really well executed movie. Yes. Um, so let's get into the details. Um, the, the details. The details. The details. Uh, so like you mentioned like the beginning of the movie, like we get our first glimpse of Godzilla and it's, I like the setup of he's just like sitting at the beach and he sees these weird dead fish. Yeah. And so then that becomes like a sign of like shit's coming. He's, he's and that kind of goes along with the um like with what happened during World War Two. Yeah. Which is like they just drop pamphlets saying, We're gonna fuck you up. Yeah. You don't know where, you don't know when, but like but something's coming, coming. and people are like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do about it? Yeah. Um so I thought that was a, a nice like parallel. Um and does this make Koichi, a successful kamikaze fighter or a failed kamikaze fighter? Because, like, speaking, you're supposed to, like, you know, you know. Hello, Akbar, sorry. But at the same time, yeah. like, he's alive. Yeah. So. No, I think he rejects. I think he rejects the role of kamikaze fighter. Which is good. Yeah. I, you know, I, and, and I do, I do think that, like, that is a, like an idea that is not is not uncommon to have like your soldier who deserts their post. Right. Right. We just saw that in the creator. 
Like that's probably the most recent example that I can think of, but it's it's not an uncommon trope in cinema. No, not at all. Um, but I do think that the effects that has on him is displayed very well. Ironically, very American, right? The whole uh, PTSD. No, but the whole like I'm going to be the individual, like. I know the collective wants me to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, fair. But, like, I know what's better, even though it's hard, and I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, back to my original point. Like, the this is not the narrative that we're told about the Japanese. And, like, it's cool to see that emerge from mm -hmm. Japanese art. Yeah, and, I mean, I think it's also, like, the, the idea that you don't really watch a lot of Japanese stuff. No. So, like, I see this. All the time. More you see it all the time. In a lot yeah. of, like, you know, like, in some things that I've read mm -hmm. or some things that I've watched. Um, so to me, I'm like, yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Um, but when he kind of goes against the, the military, he's, you know, not automatically seen like as a pariah. Mm -hmm. Like he's not outcast yet. Like it's not until after he like betrays these people by not, or not betrays, but like he, well, he doesn't shoot Godzilla. He doesn't shoot Godzilla at the beginning, which by the way, I don't think would have done anything. Well, I took it as it's funny. They're like a thirty. What is it? Thirty millimeter? Is that what? It, is that a what fucking it? twenty millimeter? Yeah, like a twenty millimeter can kill anything. Like that's what they said. And then I'm not a gun expert, but I was like, oh, like I have modern day knowledge that would suggest otherwise. But um, I took it as like another. It was. It was. It was a callback to the to his rejection of his kamikaze role. Like he he rejects violence. Like he won't crash the plane into the ship or whatever he was supposed to punish it. He won't like. He won't shoot the big beast because he, like, he knows it's going to cause more problems. Potentially, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's also like you're seeing this giant lizard, yeah. like staring at you, just wrecking shit. Yeah. Like, you're probably not going to do anything. He chooses his own life, and like, and I think he probably also realizes that like the twenty, the twenty millimeter cannot cannot solve all the problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's the last that we see of Godzilla for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, we do get like a brief shot of the testing happening at uh, Bikini Atoll. Yeah. Uh, which is where they create Bikini Bottom. SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, so I don't remember if in the original Godzilla, it's just the same where like there is never a bomb dropped. Mm. It is Godzilla. Godzilla is the bomb. Is the bomb. Um, which, by the way, again, we've discussed this briefly. A lot of people just don't seem to understand that that theme, mm. which is like, you know, atomic bomb's bad. Atomic bomb's bad. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla is the atomic bomb. Yeah. Um, so the the idea that he kind of goes away and he has this like survivor's guilt. I think is played very well. Mm -hmm. Again, it's overly, it's exaggerated. Like the emotions, are like overly emotional. Uh, the way he like, we have to think of the circumstance. He's also living in like it's in firebombs, Tokyo. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is like the way it's filmed. Like it's not common to how we portray uh, this in our media, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it. it does a great job at like putting you in this situation where you're like, this dude is, he's not holding it together. Nope. Uh, Noriko is the one essentially like holding it together. He's all he's doing is going and getting money, yeah, to keep them afloat. Afloat. Uh, but she's the one who's like emotionally 
okay. the more stable one. Yeah. It is um, it is cool though that in order to like as a mechanism to keep himself together, he has to like give his life for the life of others. I don't mean that in terms of like he has to like die, but he has to like, you know, I want to keep myself together. I have to help my co-parent. Yeah. <laughs> like this child. Right. And and there's all there's gotta be something also about like the choice of having him be a tugboat operator yeah. for this like minesweeper job. Yeah. Uh which is really funny because he's like, Yeah, this is gonna be the safest shit ever. Yep. And the comedy in this sometimes it's is subtle. Right. But I think it also hits very well because that, that transition from safest thing ever. You see that fucking boat. Just dingy ass wooden raft but at best. The wood is what made it safe. It is what made it safe because then you say like, oh, the, the Americans had these magnetic minds. USA, maybe. I was never prouder of my country than in that moment. How ingenious. How ingenious. It's so smart. Yeah. And I was like, are those real? Yeah. Crazy. That's why wow. we're at 2-0. And <laughs> <In> world wars. <laughs> Fair. Um... But this is where we get our first, like, look at Big Godzilla. Yeah. And I think I think it was very smart having little Godzilla at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. so that you have a comparison of, like, Ooh. just how big, big this thing is. Because, like, when you see him, you only see his head. And he's, like, laying... It's, always, it's derpy. It is very derpy. It's derpy. Yeah. So the, the look itself is very derpy. Yeah. But the scale of this thing is big. Is big chunk. And I think this is where, like you said, well, maybe for a different reason than what you were going to say, where it helps to have little Godzilla before. If I had, if the derpy Godzilla was the first Godzilla I saw, I don't know how seriously I could take <laughs> it. But because I saw like scary, gangly ass Godzilla, I'm like, oh, like y'all, y'all need to like. You don't have to be the fuck careful. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you see him, yeah. like, he's fast. Yeah. Um, like, not, you know, he's not, like, sprinting with his monkey friend around right. a CGI screen. Right. But he's he is, like, moving around, and, like, he's able to turn pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he's out in the, in the water, like, he doesn't seem to be moving super fast. So, like, it can be a little less scary, but it's the size yeah. of him. And um, I like that they're using those mines against him. Yes. To try to try to see if they can take him down. Um, and this is where we also like have the crew, which is um, like some random guy uh, who like operates the boat. And yeah. we have like the kid who's like super into like I want to go to war. Yeah. He was, and then the he was too young. To yeah. The war. doctor. Yeah. Oh, I really like the doctor. Not a fun character. He gets more fun as the movie goes along. Yeah, for sure. He gets to have some fun in this movie. Um, but we we do see them finally like do some damage to Godzilla, mm-hmm. uh, which then shows us like he just regenerates, and that what? I thought was kind of like a. Has that always happened? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. He regenerated fast. Very fast, like yeah. uh, scary. Because I remember watching, I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is a problem." Yeah. Um, and that I think makes Godzilla scarier. Um, I don't know that I love them using hey, the atomic breath like, right away, right away, because like, yeah, it's cool that he blows up the ship, but like, you're blowing up a ship in the middle of the ocean. It doesn't seem as like impactful yeah. as like the later scene. Where he uses it in the city. So is the third time that he uses it, is that the time where, or where he, is the third time that he attempts to use it, is that the time where they sink him? Yes. 
So then I think maybe that was maybe that was rule of threes. I at first I was like, oh, they're showing this kind of early because I had heard the hype about the atomic breath. And it was really cool to see like the spikes, like Yeah, that that is really right? cool. I that's a great visual. So and then I would also say that like this is the most nuclear I feel like I've seen his like it looked it, like having seen Oppenheimer this year, like that atomic breath and its aftermath looked like a nuclear explosion. And it it was scary. Yeah. And I like that they showed the I don't know if the backdraft is really like the proper term for it. Mm-hmm. But like when you have a nuclear explosion, like it pushes all that air out. Yeah. And then it has to fill that shit back in. Yeah. And so they always show like things getting blown away. Right. But they never really show like just how much more damage. Just everything the, just getting the, sucked back into the, the middle. Wind. Yeah. Uh, and that that scene, I will say, was very effective in showing just how devastating right. like that was. Yeah. Um but apparently not too devastating. No. <laughs> no. Um Which is shenanigans. Shenanigans. And that I will excuse, but shenanigans we excuse it because it's a good movie yeah if it was a lesser movie i think you'd be like this is fucking bullshit and i don't th- like it and thematically it works yes but like it is it uh, is pure shenanigans yeah so they after this attack the government refuses to let the people know like are we on the this. boat or are we on ginza so this is before ginza, before ginza so yeah. after the boat yeah. this is where um Noriko's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what what has you so shaken up? And you turn and you go, yeah, it's a big fucking lizard. <laughs> That's a dinosaur. Excuse big me. fucking dinosaur. But he tells her. Yeah. I And that's why I like this dynamic where, like, he does trust her. And and you can tell that, like, he does want to be with her. Because she's she's cute. She's a good person. And, and they seem to work well. But he does feel like he doesn't he feels like he's on borrowed time i think i could see the universe where they continue to be just co-parents yeah and that and there would be nothing wrong with that like i feel like they would both be happy um i don't know i think i i read it as he was more so less so that he was in love with noriko Mm -hmm. i read it as he was just more so happy to be able to share his life with somebody kind of yeah. yeah Um, but anyway, so he does tell her, but they do make a point of saying, like, why are we not telling people, like, well, maybe you should evacuate the giant fucking dinosaur. There's a giant fucking dinosaur coming, mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know, the fucking government doesn't want people to like panic. Right. Like, nobody wants to be responsible for like the damage that would happen when people are freaking out and like yeah. evacuating, which I mean, I guess, but when there's a giant like Very lizard, yeah, you might want to. I don't know, do something about it. It's an interesting, it's funny how people are afraid of like panic because I'm like, there's just like certain things that are just so bad. Like I know you want to like mitigate panic, mm-hmm. but like the destruction that this is going to cause, like without any preparation, like yeah, is going to cause a panic. And, and one of the things that I think is funny is like the movie doesn't shy away from the fact that like, it's not like Godzilla is like maybe taking down a few ships here or there. Right. Like they show a map and they show Godzilla's little trail yeah. and he just goes to every boat and just fucks it up. Yep. And they're like, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah, he plays with uh plays with like cranes, like their chew toys. <laughs> he, yeah. he fucking wrecks. Uh but this is where we do get our first 
actual like big destruction in the city, which is like what people kind of expect from a Godzilla. Yeah. It, it is what you see in all the promotions. Old Godzilla came hopping around Tokyo. Like you say, like a big playground. playground. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I will say this is probably the most. Yes, it's the scariest scene, but I think it's also the most like visually like striking. Scene. Yeah. Like just seeing the people running and then suddenly like giant yeah. bricks just to wipe them all away. And the feet. Like, they were like, boom. boom. Yeah. And them scales on those feet. Mm hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always thought was funny about Godzilla is how bottom heavy he, he always he appears to be. Squidward with the Krabby Patties. This is the movie that I think gives that <laughs> the visual the most. Yeah, he's not as dummy thick in the legendary ones. No, I think in the, in the legendary ones, he's more proportional. Like he's always got some thunder thighs, but mm -hmm. these are like this is all. It's back to being derpy. Like this is all. Yes. This is all thigh. And and also the fact that like the top, he's just so like static. Yes. He like he's got like the tiniest arms, and his he he has like no neck. It's kind of like there's another point where I'm going to bring up the Last Jedi. In this trailer, but it's kind of like when people were like happy to see Yoda as a puppet in the Last Jedi. And I was like, he, oh, looks like shit. he can't move. Everybody. He kind of looks like shit. And then I see this. I'm like, I wonder if people think if this is like nostalgic uh, for like old Godzilla. And I'm like, but it does kind of like here. Here's the thing. They did like they they made that look the best that they could. Like if they were yes. gonna pick a derpy Godzilla, like they made derpy Godzilla shine. But it is still Derpy Godzilla. And the weird thing is, there's a few different scenes in this where you get like a close up on his face, and he looks genuinely scary. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene after he gets hit in the face with something. I can't remember what it is, and he just looks so fucking mad. Yeah. And I'm like, that thing is absolutely going to wreck shit. But then there's some scenes where they just show him, like the scenes where he's just like swimming in the water. Yeah. And he just looks so goddamn goofy. Yes. Uh. And the thing that I wonder about that is, there is no man in a suit in this. Mm. Like in the past, he looks goofy because it is a, a dude suit. in this in a rubber suit, and the suit needs to look weird because he is like this irradiated dinosaur. That's where he can do hops and like celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then that's also why you get like the weird proportions in the top of the body. Yeah. But then here, this is a purely CG made. Godzilla. Oh. So why the need for him to look so goofy? And I think it's got to be a nostalgia thing. Like, this is how he moved in the original. This is how he looked in the original. I am glad, even though I keep using the word derpy, I am kind of glad we had it. Because, like, the focus really, even though, like, it's cool when Godzilla, like, blows shit up, the focus is not at this, like, behemoth that blows things up. The focus really is on, like, the people yeah, like I, I was, you know. Okay, so now I'm going to mention Star Wars for a different reason, <laughs> which is kind of what, for I, it. what I kind of like that what like the recently Dave Filoni verse is doing, mm -hmm. and it's making like the good guys actually like look cool. Whereas like when I was a youth, like I was like Team Empire because I'm like they look fucking cool, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think like if you're going to cast Godzilla as a villain. I think it helps to like minimize to a limited extent his coolness. Cause like the atomic breath is obviously fucking amazing. But like if he looks too cool, then I think that would just like slightly throw off the balance of like, ah, 
la gente. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you need something to differentiate yeah. him from, like, hero Godzilla. Like, when the stormtroopers invade the Tantive Four, I'm like, yeah, like, your uniforms look great, and these people's uniforms look stupid. So, like, you fucking shoot these people off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like I said, this is where we see, like, he... Unleashed. I love the guy who's on the rooftop. And they're like, Godzilla's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking shit up. He's like, this is oh, very shit. dangerous what I'm doing. <laughs> this is so dangerous. I can see him. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. I so, was wondering about that. So for so for the fans, the millions of fans who might not be aware, this is it's reporters who are on the rooftop. Yeah. And they're doing like the live news report like in 1940s style. And I was like, well, if I was in that situation... Is the move to really like really go for it in terms of like telling the story? Because I'm like, your chances of dying are high. I guess. So like I think you do want to maybe get the best uh narration that you can. So is this is this your idea of like, well, you're gonna die anyway, might as well go out on top. I wonder. But then I'm like, is it better to like is it better to just GTFO? <laughs> but then I'm like, but then your chances, even if you GTFO, are like not the best. So I'm like, I think I might, maybe not I might, but I could see how someone would be like, let's fucking go for gold with mm-hmm. this reporting. But then did the report even get out? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my assumption is that was like a live broadcast. Yeah. So I'm assuming people at least heard. It amazes me how people did technology back then. Yeah. Well, because like, I'm assuming if this was in the 50s, people were not actively watching TV. So they, it, it must have, it had to have been radio. I don't think they were filming. Right. Right. I think right. you just had like the the little radio thing yeah. um but i think it also does a, a a really good job at like kind of making it seem like these people really are like kind of amazed by just how yeah, destructive this thing is um because everybody just like stops and stares at a certain point like yes. everybody's running everybody's freaking out because shit's blowing up and like buildings are coming down yeah but when people start seeing that shit glow, everybody just stops. It's the anti-Stanley from Affinity War, where he's like, haven't you kids ever seen a spaceship before? Like, this is like... This is, this is brand nobody new. ever seen yeah. a fucking yeah. spaceship before. Yeah. And it it does... So I, I think in a way, when you mentioned like the rule of threes with using the atomic breath earlier on... Yeah. I think it's good because now at this point, Koichi is the only one mm-hmm. who saw this thing, who's around, who's like, this is not good. Yeah. I kind of wish he had been a little smarter and been like, no, we need to leave. Yeah. Because then I feel like that's why when when the blast happens and everybody's just like staring mm-hmm. and fucking Noriko's the only one who's got like the brain to be like, no, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like she shoves him out of the way. Yeah. And she just goes... Which that's a pretty woke moment. I'm surprised certain people aren't more upset about that. It's a woke moment. Yeah, the woman saves the, the woman man. Saves the man. I know, but it's also like almost anti woke in the sense of like the woman has to sacrifice herself for the man. Ah, see, that's where you get the whole woke anti woke crusade is uh, logicless in and of by itself. So, I guess. Yes, but I think there's a better move here where she. Like gets both of them out, I yeah. Because or or he gets both of them out, right? Because like he knows this is not good, yeah. and he's like, let's stare and watch, yeah. And he's telling people like, this is not good, this is not good. Well, then fucking move, move. right? Um, so I don't know. I didn't love that 
but they come up with their amazing plan. I love the plan. The plan is so goofy. It's it's one of those things yeah. where you know how like God, what, what is that movie where like, this is just crazy enough to work? Yes. And technically, yes. Yeah. What's the plan? So before that, the plan is modeled for us in a little like fish tank. Which, by Godzilla. the way, I laughed so hard. Which here is my question. I had always wondered if Godzilla was so tall that he was always standing on the ocean floor. And then I was like, is he just happened to be like in shallow enough spots where he can stand? The model and then the plan suggest that no, he's been floating this whole time. To which I'm like, is Godzilla treading water? Now, maybe I'm just fat. And I, <laughs> and I know you can tread water to stay afloat, but like that shit takes like... That takes energy. That's why he's so dummy thick in the I guess so. So I guess it's all leg power. I guess Godzilla has just been treading water the whole time. But then you have to picture like Godzilla's little pitter pattery feet. He's just going beep, 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 beep. Um, So the plan is we are going to um, use tugboats to attach a cable full of Freon canisters around Godzilla. Not tugboats. Aircraft carriers. Aircraft carriers. Excuse me. We're going to uh, ATAT Snowspeeder Godzilla with the Freon. Yeah, it's true. The Freon is going to explode, and the, it's going to use bubbles that will actually sink Godzilla down to the bottom of the floor so fast. Which is a legitimate experiment. I can remember, um, there was, I had a book when I was a kid. That was one of the experiments. He used uh, a straw. Yeah. A bendy straw. That he's going to get ocean-gated. Um, <laughs> and That is the plan. 1,000%. And I'm like, you know what? People do keep second-guessing it, but I'm like, clearly bullets don't work. No, you have nothing else mm-hmm. that could work. What? Like, this is it. You yeah, gotta, you got to science it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, are we jumping to the actual attempt? Or are we talking about anything in between? All right, well, okay. ready. So then, Plan B. Yeah. So, so Plan A is you wrap you yeah. wrap them up. Yeah. You you basically like send them down. You send them down, yeah. and and the idea is you will ocean gate them. Because he's going to be falling so fast, and even though he's huge, yeah, that quick change in pressure is going to is going to be enough that it should kill him, kill him, right? It'll squish him. If that doesn't work. Then they're going to do what? Plan B is to shoot him up with uh, an inflatable CO two um, kid's bounce house, effectively, effectively. Uh, and then if he can't go down, then he's just going to go up. He's going to go up so fast that he's going to get the bends. <laughs> <laughs> And then at least you've got a crippled Godzilla. It's, like I said, it's a plan that's so nuts. You know what makes it even more nuts for me? What? So there's a Greek island called Kalimnos, Uh where it was famous for sponge divers. And these sponge divers would get the bends from their sponge diving. Okay. And there's a dance called the Mechanikos, where, like, you have this guy who's leading the group, and he's got a cane, and the music's slow, and he's, like, walking like he's crippled because, like, he's supposed to be playing a sponge driver. But then when the music, like, speeds up, he remembers his youth, and then he starts, like, dancing and kicks and, like, doing spins and all this stuff and flipping his cane around. And then I'm like, wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, if Godzilla got the bends? Yeah. If he could do, like, a Mechanicos, where he's like, I remember my youth, and he's just like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just for context... I really wanted Plan B to work. Yeah. Plan B to be the plan. You just have bendy, bendy ass Godzilla. Bendy ass Godzilla. Yeah. So, all right. So, for context, their plan is when they sink them down, they're yeah. going at the lowest point nearby, which yeah. is fifteen hundred 
like meters deep, yeah. which is a lot. A lot I, I don't even know how many fucking feet, thousands and thousands of like feet. Probably around 4,500 ish, 4,500, a, a little less than a mile. Sure. A little less than a mile. Um, Godzilla, the biggest Godzilla on record is the one from Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. And he is in meters, yeah. 119 meters. Okay. This Godzilla is nowhere near as tall as that one. Yeah. So you have this Godzilla who's probably what, maybe seventy meters. Yeah, that's about right. And you're gonna shoot this thing, and so you're all right. He is just little pitter patter yeah. treading feet. Yeah, because he is not touching the ground here. No, he is not touching the ground. No. And and so then when they, I like the visual of him about to like shoot off his atomic breath. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to do it. Yeah. It, <laughs> It freezes. Is, does it freeze with the Freon attack or with the CO2 attack? So he doesn't freeze. He like starts bubbling almost. Yeah. It's a weird visual. I don't know if it's supposed to be like he's freezing. I think when he comes up, though, he's covered in like patches of ice. So whatever that was, like froze. Yeah. I don't know if it was like this was freezing or if it was like the skin was like rotting right. or like getting super hard. It was cool. It was cool. Um, so that's that's plan A and plan B. Plan C. There's a secret plan C. There's a secret plan C, yeah. which is kind of part of plan A, which is uh, Koichi is going to use his uh, pilot skills. Which, by the way, that at first I was like, what is the point of him being a kamikaze pilot? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, there is something really cool about having a jet right. just flying around Godzilla. It's a cool plane. It's a cool plane. Yeah. Um, at first, it looks a little goofy when it's just from the side because yeah. it's got the propellers in the back. I always thought it was backwards. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, the front's there." But I was like, oh, oh no, the yeah, no, the front's in the back, yeah. yeah. And uh, so having having Koichi like flying around Godzilla to like lure him to where they need to go in case yeah. they cannot get him there. Right. I thought that was really good because then it uses that tie-in for the character. Yeah, because Godzilla um, was like, "Nah, fuck it, let's go to the land." Yeah, land <laughs> Godzilla was fast. here for the big game. Yeah. Um, and then so then we have the plan A slash C at the same time yeah. is. He's vulnerable it, on the inside. He's vulnerable because that that is the one time that we see Godzilla take yeah. considerable damage. It didn't it didn't stick, right? But it hurt him, and, yep. and that made him mad. Um, and so his plan is we're gonna like shock this full of explosives, yeah, and just deep throw Godzilla with it. Yes, and no it's boom. it's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan, but that would mean that would mean he needs to he needs to go kamikaze. Which I said this to you in the theater. And there's many times in this movie where all the characters are like, Koichi, make sure you don't fucking die. Like, make sure you don't sacrifice yourself. Like, <laughs> like, don't fucking die. And they're like, people suspect this. Like, is he going to fucking do something? Like, he better fucking not. There's a child at home. And I was like, of, of all the situations where, like, someone could sacrifice their life. Yeah, but I think that then goes against the theme of the movie. Correct, correct. Because the whole theme of the... And, and they do say it. They, yes. they are not even on the nose. It's on your face. Yeah. They go, no one else is going to die yeah. for this mission. They said, we're making this plan with the full intent of everybody's going to live. Which Either is, we're all going to live or we're all just going to die. Which is a beautiful idea because of how it like prioritized the little man. Yeah. Like the little man fucking plan and the little man's like, we are going to like 
stop the problem and we're also going to take care of our own. And that's also the other beautiful part about like the message of this yeah. and like this whole plan is this we're is have not the government. Into. Yeah. They make a point of saying the Americans are not helping us. Right. They cannot help us. Yep. And the government is, is they are they have been useless. All they've been doing is sending us to kill ourselves. Yeah. And so then that's why this message of nobody else is going to die, right. it's harder. Yeah. Um, and and they do say, like, if you don't want to do this, like, you we're know, not going to make it. Yeah. You can leave. No one is going to judge you. Um, and more people left than I thought. Yeah. I <laughs> thought, like, maybe one person was going to try to leave and yeah. then they would and come people back. people would be like, no. no. People fucking left. Yeah, people were okay with it. Uh, people were okay with it. Yeah. And I think the – I don't know if I – so I agree – with the way the ending happened, that he didn't die. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there was something a little bit more meaningful because there's a line that Tachibana says where he goes, Oh, he like thinks it over. Yeah. He goes, This is a safety for the bomb. Yeah. Like make sure you pull this right before impact. Right. And I thought that was his way of saying, all right, I know you intend on kamikaze your way in here. Yeah. This is the ejector. Mm. And I thought that was what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would have made that would have made it almost a little bit more impactful for Koichi who is willing 100% to sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. And then that last moment realizing like, oh, I was forgiven by Tachibana. Yeah. Um, whereas what actually happens is he tells him, hey, by the way, there's a button here you can push and you go, Wee. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's fine. The outcome at the end is still the same. But I think thematically, to me, it kind of goes like, if he had gone in there with this, like, no, I need to sacrifice myself to make up for this because this is the only way I can be redeemed. Oh, no, I disagree. You disagree? I think no. I think he. I think you think going in there knowing he's not going to die. Well, is... he, I think. I think the point is that he didn't need to be redeemed, right? He was. He was right to reject his kamikaze rule at first. He, he was, but in yeah. his mind, he was like refusing to let himself feel that redemption, right? He felt like he had done wrong. He felt like he had done wrong, but I think part of this is him realizing that, like, the redemption here is realizing that he hadn't done anything wrong. Okay. And that he can have his cake and eat it too, so to speak. Cake. Now, here's the thing. Yes. Here's my last Jedi comparison that I've hinted at twice before. <laughs> Do you know what scene I'm referring to? No. Okay. The uh, the trolley media, yeah, it's big mad about this scene. It's the scene where the battering ram is on crate, and they're trying to get into the fortress, the First Order. And Finn is in that little, like, skimmer thing that makes the salt on the planet go whoosh in the red. Oh, uh uh-huh. And then he's going to kamikaze into the battering ram. Oh, and uh, And Rose stops him. him. It's like, whatever the fucking line about, like, we're not going to... Like, we're not losing anybody else. To save what we love, or whatever. And people get hashtag big mad about that. That's because people are dumb. Finn should have been allowed to die. No. And I think I think this movie executed it better than Last Jedi did, but mm-hmm. it was a I had that scene in mind because I'm like I think this is what Last Jedi was trying to do. It's like you don't like you don't have to. I don't want to say you don't have to sacrifice because people do sacrifice like they sacrifice their safety, but like. People don't have to be casualties. Like, we can find better ways of solving problems than yeah. what is, like, tropey. 
And I think this movie communicated that. I think well. my my only that was like my only like point against it necessarily because I do agree that like that is a better like him making that conscious decision early on that he's not going to die is better. Yeah. But they have the fake out of them making it very obvious, like he's telling him about the ejection. Yeah. Just tell us. Oh, early on? Early on. Like, tell us, like, have us go from the beginning of this knowing, like, he has a plan. Well. Because then, to me, it makes it seem like the, 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 uh, what's it called? The safety yeah. is actually what's going to eject him. I see. So, I, I'm, I'm not against him going into this and with us knowing. I just feel like the way it was telegraphed was not effective because when they go, oh, one more thing, cut to the next scene. So I think this is where I just wasn't as attentive as you were. Because I was actually going to this and like, oh, is he going to die or is he not going to die? Like, I was very, I was very curious. I was so curious to the fact, I was like, I wonder if they're just going to have like plan A or B work. And then like, he won't even have to like fuck with the plane whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think I missed that like bad telegraphing. Mm-hmm. So like if that could have just been done better than yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Cause like that, that scene like, that just plays very weird. Cause he does actually looks at him and he kind of like reluctantly almost, it almost looks like he's reluctant to tell him this is, yeah. this is the safety, which if it is the safety, then just fucking tell him. Right. So to me, it's almost, it almost made it seem like he was like, should I tell him that this is the ejector? Yeah. Or should I tell him that this is a safety? Mm-hmm. And if I tell him it's a safety, then it's a safety. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I just thought it was right. not, not that it took anything away necessarily. I just like kind of. It's the playing. smoke and mirrors of building suspense. Yes. yes. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting a little bit more. Now I'm saying more bombasticness from when he goes in Godzilla's mouth. Oh yeah, it just really fucking stops. Yeah, is like, yeah. I, I agree. I was also kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, did this also not work? Yeah, and then it just goes boom. But it does. It does. Um, but I I also couldn't figure out if that was like a that's just how it was animated, or yeah. it was to show that Godzilla is such a force. Yeah. It's just like a fly hitting him in the face. Yes. And it's the fact that he's got these bombs inside of him that just goes just well it is inside. We started this episode talking about Godzilla's allegory. And for this it's like allegory of violence and atomic bomb, mm-hmm. right? But then there's some interpretations that really say like no Godzilla is nature. Like that's what Godzilla is supposed to be. That's, yes. what, that's what the fucking song says. Which this movie I would say doesn't lean into as much. But I think if this movie was on the nature route, at first I think this would have happened much earlier. But then, like, if it was like if Godzilla is nature, then I picture a version of this where like the kamikaze happens, doesn't work whatsoever, and you're just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> and I think the whole Godzilla being a force of balance in nature is more of a a, a significantly more modern. I think it has Take to come. It. it has to come out of the universe where you have a bunch of monsters. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I think, where it did eventually lead. Right. But originally, in the original concept for the Godzilla movie, and this movie is Godzilla is he is the bomb. He yeah, is yeah. the repercussion. He is so destruction. He is violence. He is. Yeah. You he cannot. Is the dragon. Yeah. You cannot. Necessarily, I don't want to say you can't tempt him because you can literally guide him. Right. But like the devastation that he leaves in his wake, like yeah, yeah it's just it's just gonna fucking happen, whether yeah. you like it or not. And I do like the 
the visual representation of like he's just standing there and people don't know mm. if this worked. Like he it blew up and half of his head is missing. Yeah. And it's not until like you see him start to like glow and break apart that people are like, oh okay. Shit that worked. Shit that worked. And it was also like visually was really cathartic of seeing like everybody like saluting yeah. uh Koichi for like what he did. Like, yeah. And and that that I don't know why I say like it like moved me necessarily, but it did feel really good. It felt very good. Uh, it, it was like the people coming together, which is like that that whole thesis at the end there. It even felt good when he when the shenanigans were revealed. Yes. <laughs> which yeah. by the way, I wanted to be like, is she alive when she get when, when the, she got the, the neighbor gets the letter, I yeah. was like, gosh, it's like so what good. news could this be? Exactly. Yeah. Like he clearly already told her Right, like he gave her the he gave her the money. He gave her he gives her money to take care of the kid. Right, and it's like please take care of this kid. Here's his money. Yeah, and I'm like, well, he can't be like here's the telegram to be like just kidding on the back. Yeah, it had to be. <laughs> it ha- there's nothing else that could have possibly happened. And because they do say like, is this the residence of Mister Blah Blah Blah? So they were specifically mm-hmm. looking for him. Right. So that so it wasn't coming from him. It well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. The I I think what helps the ending work. Is what happens afterwards in the epilogue, which at first, when I saw it, I was a little mad because I kind of just wanted this movie to be its own. I think this is a movie you can't really make a sequel to, and I don't really want a sequel to this movie. Okay. Um, but like, you know, Godzilla starts to regenerate. Yeah. And at first I was like, God damn it. But then I was like, no, actually, if Godzilla is like violence, destruction, whatever, and this whole movie is like choose life, Right. I think part of understanding that is like, yes, you're going to choose life, but like destruction is always going to try to like take it. And that's, well, it's also, it's also goes along with the theme of the, the atomic bomb. Like the atomic bomb is there. It's there. Yeah. You may have suppressed it. You know, we, we have an agreement saying we're not going to use it. Right. But it's always there. And, and, Things keep getting developed, whether we like to or not. The, and that's what that... It's the chain reaction from Oppenheimer. Exactly. Yeah. And while I think in Oppenheimer, it, it's, you know, it's it's a thinking movie, right? Yeah. And that's fine. I just think this, to me, felt a little bit more satisfying. In, with, with Godzilla coming back? Yes. At yeah. the end where I'm like, yeah, that threat is there. Um, yes, it's gone for now. But it's always going to be there. It's just a matter of time. I feel the threat looming equally in both. Okay. But I think the... But yes, but I think that's testament to this movie. Okay. Like, this movie did basically kind of like what Oppenheimer did. In a much yeah. different way. Yeah. Like, I had a uh, lot more fun with this. Than in Oppenheimer. Also, this was not three fucking hours long. <laughs> I will say... And I think I think most people disagree with me on this. And I'll, just, I'll own it. And maybe it is a bad opinion. At first, up until the ejector thing happens, I was like, oh, we could have fucking cut the, like, Tabanichi, like, whatever. And then, and then, uh, then it's revealed that, like, oh, you needed him for the, it would, it makes, it makes him choosing to eject more satisfying. Yeah. I did think that the interlude between Ginza, what was the mm-hmm. city, and then the final battle, I did think that that just felt like a tad too long. That was my chief complaint. A little in bit. In the theater. I'm trying to remember, though, because, like, I'm thinking, there really isn't a lot that happens there because it's Noriko dies. Yeah. They go, they have the funeral. He looks for, he, yeah. 
He looks for what? He looks for Taba. Yeah. Yeah. But that's after they come up with a plan. Yeah. So, like, I feel like once they start getting into, like, the development of the plan, like, it all kind of goes pretty fast. Yeah. I felt like this went by, like, very quickly for me. Like, it's two hours, and I was sitting there going, like, oh, is it been already two hours? Mm. Uh, when it gets to the end, I'm like, is there something else that's going to happen afterwards? I also thought, I was like, I wonder if I'd be feeling this way if I wasn't seeing this on a Tuesday night. <laughs> a Tuesday night at 6.45 p.m. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it's also, like, a testament to it, like, that... It's a, a Godzilla movie, something that's been done multiple times. So many times. And and an insane amount of times. There's so many Godzilla movies. Was there an American adaptation in between the 90s Godzilla and the Gareth Edwards Godzilla? No. Okay. I didn't think so, but I was like, you know how there was that Ninja Turtles movie? There was an animated show. Yeah. No, I was thinking live action. You know how there's that Ninja Turtles movie that was like CGI that came out in like 2008-ish? Yeah, 2007. I feel like everybody fucking forgets about that movie. And I was like, was there also a Godzilla movie that was like equally forgettable at that time? I wouldn't say there was a movie that came out in 2000 called Godzilla 2000. That was Japanese, though, wasn't it? That was Japanese, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I think like we were saying, the fact that this movie is out... It's, I don't even want to say it's a remake because, like, the stories are different. Yeah. The, the, the main branch is there, but, like, with all Godzilla movies, like, I wouldn't even consider them necessarily like remakes because they're their own thing. It kind of shows you, like, where Godzilla has etched himself as an archetype because, like, what's more archetypal than the, you know, the big dragon from the sea, right? Yeah. Like, you could, you could, I feel like you could tell. The you know first Godzilla story as many times you could tell Peter Parker getting his spider bite. Yeah, I feel like they're on that same. I feel like they're on that same level. Yeah. Um. The last thing before we move on to like the last section. Yeah. Uh, like you said, like Norco does not die. It's kind of a fake out. Right. I'm okay with it. Yes. Would I have preferred something else? Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, I, I think it works well enough. It makes his non-sacrifice. We are more worthwhile. My my reason for saying that like. Her having not died made more sense in my head was for him to be like, okay, I'm okay with sacrificing myself because I know that Akiko has someone. Mm-hmm. Noriko will be fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just like a different branch that they could have gone with. Yeah. It's fine. I don't I don't dislike that. Um but my the last thing that I just wanna kind of point out is I'm kind of really tired of people saying like, look at this 15 million budget movie. Mm-hmm. Why can't woke Hollywood be as good? Same thing. And I think there's a lot of people who are just not understanding A, the difference in like productions and foreign productions yeah. versus American productions. Yes. Um, This movie was announced, yes, back in like 2017, 18. And it started being written, but it got stopped in the writing process during COVID. So it has not been actively worked on for four years. So it's not like they had so much time. Right. It started shooting in 2022. Oh, wow. April 2022. With $15 million. And people just do not understand that Japan has an insane work culture. Right. Where people are paid pennies. Yeah. And they are working 16, 17, 18 hour days. And also, as we said, the movie looked very good. But it looks good, but it's not fifteen million. It's not the most visually like 
you can tell that it's not Hollywood. And, no, I, and, sure. I, and I say that as a site slight. Like, this is not an American studio. Part of me, when I was watching the beginning, I'm like, oh, man, this movie really does take the fact that it's in the 50s. Like, seriously, the anime looks kind of shitty. Well, it's also probably the fact that Cause it's built on $15 million. I was thinking there's that opening scene of the plane going down the runway. Uh-huh. I was like, this looks kind of potato. Kind of. Yeah. And I mean, and it is. It's a low budget movie. Yeah. It, and like, no one's disagreeing that it's not impressive. Right. But also, like, the circumstances under this is what this is made. Yes. Like, one of the things that people just don't understand is like a huge chunk of budgets go into like being actors. Yeah. Like, I have no idea who, and I you know maybe there there are people maybe in Japan who are watching this and go, oh, "What? It's like Japanese Iron Man." Or, I would imagine I though. I would imagine though an American actor is more expensive, significantly yeah. more expensive. Yeah. And, well, and even if it's like a lower tier, so like let's let's take the last Godzilla versus Kong movie. Right. Like I'm not saying uh, Brian Tyree Henry's super expensive, but he's probably maybe a couple million. Yeah, fucking Millie Bobby Brown is one of the like highest paid young actors right now, so yeah. she's probably about ten, fifteen million. Cheap. That's not cheap. Yeah. Like think of the Hunger Games. Fucking uh, Jennifer Lawrence was getting paid like fifteen million. I think it was fifteen million per each of the halves of Mind Jack. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So, like, that's your budget right there. Yeah. Plus the visual budget. Plus the fact that you can't crunch these people right. as hard. There's a reason why our low-budget movies are like the Blumhouse movies. Yeah. Because they don't require people to be working 17-hour days to crunch visual effects for a movie that doesn't have visual effects. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, it, it's... it's. I get it. It is impressive. Yes, I... I agree with our boy Dan. Right. These these $215-300 million budgets on movies are unsustainable and irresponsible. But at the same time, the answer is not trying to make a movie that big for $15 million because it's just logistically not possible here. Correct. So that that's my soapbox tangent. Yes. I have a question you can take as long or as little as you want to work to answer it. Why do the Republicans like this movie? Because they don't understand the fucking concept. They're they're so small brain. Yeah. They they cannot see past big list or go boom. Is that really what it is? I think it is because if you think about everything else in this movie, this is an anti-war movie. Yeah. It's an anti like it's a pretty commie movie. It's an extremely commie movie. Yeah. This is the the little guy exactly like saying fuck you to the government. Yeah. Which he seized the means of production. He took the battleships. <laughs> they borrowed them. Yeah. Them. Uh, and, and, like, they just don't understand the idea that, like, politics don't always have to be, like, big soldier man, hoorah. Right. It, it, um, it's... I'll watch a right-wing with USA at some point tonight to understand. But then, like, they're also just so insufferable. So the other day... Like, and I, I know we're like yeah. tangenting here. The other day you sent it's me a tangent video. against the Republicans. Yes, it's, it's our bread and butter. You sent me a, a, a you sent us a picture of yeah. that show coming out with like oh, all the Daily these Wire. Republican pundits, yeah, right? Daily Wire, and you were like, "Why the fuck?" I was like, "Why the fuck is, is it real?" There? I have no idea. Yeah. I think so, but then there was a person on there who was like, "This person is too hot to be in this list." Yeah, uh, Brett Cooper. Yeah. And I was like, who is this Brett Cooper? Well, because I searched her up once, not just on my recommended. And I was yeah. like, let's check this check out. 
Holy shit, dude. Is she crazy? Dude, these people are insane. What is, what is it with searching one right-wing thing and then it, like, this is infecting how, your algorithm? This is how, like, people get radicalized. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Like, I, you send that one picture, I Googled who she was once, yeah. and I've had, in the last, like, what, two days, yeah. like, ten videos recommended, and I had to... I watched this little bit. I was like, oh, let's see what this, you know, what she sounds like, what she, what she says. And I had to like manually go into every one of those and hit down so that it would flush that from my algorithm. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah, she's too hot to be that, that dumb. What a shame. What a shame. What a shame. What a shame. On that note. Yes. <laughs> all right, friendo. Thank you so much for uh, talking Godzilla with me. We will be back here talking way more Godzilla soon. Yeah. Because. I forgot that Godzilla Apple TV show was out. I haven't seen it. We just got the trailer yeah. for Godzilla X-Kong. Correct. Um, that's coming out like in April, I think. Yeah. So it's a good time right now to be a Godzilla fan. It is. And it's a good time to be a holiday movie fan because yes. Gremlins coming up. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so excited. I have, I have a special order a sweater beautiful i'm so excited all right everybody thank you so much for watching listening uh please remember to share uh with your friends yes recommend us yes. uh give we have a we have five stars on spotify join the league of the millions of fans yes the millions of fans yeah. um we will be back like we said next week we'll be talking gremlins we've got a few other new movies that we've missed but are coming on shutter yep. very soon um so we will be reviewing more of those so thank you so much for joining us you can follow us at whatever on our Facebook. Yes. And subscribe. Uh, until next time, he has been Thano. He has been Javier. And this has been the Cinescoots Podcast. Bye. Bye.